Welcome everybody back to In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Student Ministries. Hope you're having a great day. Today I am with the one and only Gary Garcia. Hey. Elliot Bland. Yo. And a very special guest, Tony Orlando. Hey, what's up, Charlie? Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're excited. And we're excited because today, maybe you can hear the different quality, but today we are actually at the town and country where we host a youth convention in one of the hotel rooms recording this podcast and it's awesome i know gary and elliot they stayed the night here and they were able to walk around and uh, check out the hotel because there's been a bunch of different renovations and what do you guys think of the hotel right now it's amazing man it's such a different place i'm so excited for a convention and uh it's gonna be great it's gonna be a great year yeah it's super nice there's a lot of like outdoor room they have a water slide Ooh. so I mean, we're going to tear this place up. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we uh, Tony Orlando is the one that really kind of heads our youth convention team and all the planning behind that. So, Tony, can you just share who you are, what church you're from, how long you've been in ministry, just so everyone can get to know you? Absolutely, Charlie. I've been in ministry since 1995, uh, before Elliot was born. True. Right? I was, and one, I was one. You were one. Okay, great. <laughs> Gary and I, were. we've been youth ministry since 90s, the mm-hmm. 90s. So... Yeah, youth pastored uh, for over a decade um, at one church and uh, started a church in 2012 mm. called Life Point here in La Mesa in uh, San Diego and came back in, thought I retired from youth ministry, but not really. So I came back in youth ministry a little over three years now uh, with Gary and Charlie at the time, now Matt. So honored to be a part. I've always kind of been a part of youth convention on the leadership team, doing production, mm-hmm. uh, overseeing kind of the program side of things. And then come back and doing the actual executive producing with Jack. Didn't you used to have a mullet too? I did. Yeah. Back in 1989, I yeah. did have a mullet. I had a mullet when I was a kid too. I'm going to make Sawyer have a mullet. Yes. Also, Tony, w- when I was a student, I did uh, fine arts preaching. Uh, yes. Which is... Did you really? Yeah, like a talent show sermon. And uh, Tony judged my preaching. Was it good? Yes, he said, I, I remember. He said, you're not cut out for this, kid. That's not true. It's, so, a, it's a no from me, dog. Do, do we have a sidebar conversation after? Yeah, Cause... Tony. This I do remember it. Okay. Tony came. I remember. I think you were still a youth pastor. Close, like, maybe. It was 2010, 11, it, maybe? Yeah, it was yeah. either like you were just leaving. I or remember you... Elliot would always wear a little bow tie. I wouldn't wear You keep saying that. But <laughs> I, I think I maybe wore a bow tie one time. Like, I wouldn't wear, I didn't wear bow ties. <laughs> Who's this guy? And uh, Tony, yeah, I remember Tony came up to me afterwards and like said nice things to me. But that's just like how Tony is. That's what he will do. To I appreciate anybody. it. Were you a little pudgier then? Was that like the I wasn't <laughs> okay? I was. I was. I was, was Elliot. I, I wasn't. I was in high school. I had thinned out. So. Well, I I wish I was there to uh, to witness that. But again, we are at uh, Town and Country where we are hosting youth convention, and today we just want to sit down and talk about why is it important to go to camp? Why is it important to go to youth convention as a youth pastor and bringing um, your students and your leaders to these different events that SoCal puts on? And so that's really the first question we just want to get into today is really, have you ever had, because at camp and at convention, we always talk about that idea of the camp experience or the youth convention experience. And I just want to ask you guys, have you guys ever had that as youth pastors or even students going to a camp or convention like this? No. What is that? <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it, you experience things with students at camp and convention that you just don't do it when you're, you know, 
meeting like just regularly during the week there's moments that take place like the time that you get with students at camp and convention is like no other time that you're with them 24 hours a day you're in you know services with them there's moments that take place that um, are just life-changing students like it's so important that we get them to camp and convention because of what takes place I, I don't know about you guys but I have definitely noticed like a mm-hmm. difference in yeah. our students this year yeah. because we didn't have camp yeah. like there's this yeah. this lull that took place this you know sometimes we we kind of just make it to the next event and not saying that students should live their christian life like that but it helps it kind of recharges them refocuses them and not having that this summer definitely had impact on students yeah charlie i'm i'm here right now because of a camp experience i think mm-hmm. a lot of our youth pastors are too i mean i can take you back to the place on the carpet where God called me in the ministry back in 1988. Yeah, Gary's probably at that camp. They so. could spank you at camp, couldn't they? Back in those <laughs> back days? In day. yeah. yeah, there was no mixed bathing back then. Like, yeah. like guys had to like swim like at a different time than girls. Oh, I so. thought you were going to a different place. No, that's what they called it. I was like, I don't know if we should talk about that, bro. <laughs> that's what they called it. They called it mixed <laughs> what bathing. What camp were you going <laughs> to? <laughs> anyway, I can take you back, Charlie, to the place in the carpet where God called me. and I, I can go to that spot in the chapel at Pinecrest, and mm-hmm. I... I really feel like, as Gary said, and we've always talked about the intervals of camp and convention, that it's kind of halfway between. It's that if I can take my, if I can get my kids to convention, they'll have an experience. That'll, that'll yeah. see us through to summer camp. They'll have an experience there. That'll see us through to convention, and it becomes cyclical. Yeah, I think of it like a uh, road trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have those pit stops on a road trip before you get to where you're going. And I think of, like, we have camp and convention spaced out in such a way that it helps with the journey mm-hmm. of, like, junior high and high school and I know like for me as well I've had camp experiences like summer camp is specifically is like one of the reasons I became a youth pastor because I was like I don't want to stop going to summer camp uh I just got a message today from uh a student who said I'm like graduating this year like can we make like an 18 and over camp or like a convention for people who are in college because they were like this is my last year and I'm going to miss this so much. Like literally, they didn't know what we were going to talk about on the podcast, but they messaged me and, uh, and said that because it's so special. Like, and not even just like, I think we've all had those spiritual moments, right? Of like at a camp and those moments where you're just like overcome by everything happening, like the, you know, hugging the, the stu- like if I've had that as a student and a youth pastor, which is mm-hmm. so cool. But for me, it was even just like as a kid, I like I had a weird experience where youth was really the only place I felt like myself. Like Mm -hmm. it was where I felt like I was genuinely who I was. Right. There was so much figuring out in public school and how my friends were acting different at church. I I was like, who am I? And I think a lot of kids are figuring out who they are. And so I felt so comfortable at youth that like for the summer, looking forward to camp, I had nothing else to really look forward to. And I remember one year I would just watch old footage of camps from the years past every single night like I was like weird with it I was like rain man with camp like I was just so like into it I was putting together our dodgeball team like I would like my whole summer was focused on camp and it couldn't get there quick enough and then now as a youth pastor getting to be on the team and like go to every single week of camp like as tired as I am after all of it is said and done like I that that junior hire in me that you know like couldn't wait for camp to be there and all the fun stuff that would happen from camp and you know the team color all of that stuff is so excited at the idea of that it's it's special like going up to pinecrest and 
coming to San Diego for convention. Like they're just staples. And that's how I even felt being at the town and country uh, yesterday and today and walking around. I think I'm not just excited for this year's convention. I was telling Gary, I'm like, I'm excited for a convention three years from now, five years from mm-hmm. now, once we're in a much more normal place in uh, all of this 2020 stuff is behind us. Uh, I think we could build something at the town and country that's similar to like what I grew up on at like the Hilton in downtown San Diego, where it was just like a staple. And there was just like something so nostalgic about it, like going there. If I go to downtown San Diego today, I remember walking around as a junior high kid at convention, you know, and I I think it's just like that's what's special about those things. Yeah, I know um, for me, it's funny because you mentioned the team color when it comes to summer camp. And I just remember when I went to summer camp, if we didn't get a team color I liked, I was like, man, this year's trash. You want to (laughs) know why I remember team colors as a kid? Because that is how like me and my other stupid junior high friends, the guys, when we went to our room, were like, bro. You see that green girl on green, bro? She's so hot. Oh, man. Pink team's got the cutest girls, bro. Like, we were, that's, you know, we're junior high boys. (laughs) Yeah, junior high. Um, For me, I think when it comes to youth convention, um, like, my youth convention and camp experience, um, it's kind of like what you were saying, Tony. Like, I got saved at youth convention. And, um I, I, as a kid growing up, never went to church or anything like that. And I got invited. My youth pastor at the time paid for me to come to youth convention. I had already graduated. And so it was, uh, it was one of those kind of ex- you know, moments where it was like, do I go to this? Do I not go to this? And it was in 2012 or yeah, 2012. I mean, and, uh, we were at the Hilton in San Diego and it was a Saturday morning message. And I just remember this guy brought out a saxophone. I can't even remember. Reggie Dabs. Don't yes. disrespect Reggie Dabs like that. <laughs> and he, he started playing the saxophone and I was like, this is weird. That's where you got saved. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing the saxophone to just the way you are. And he was like, oh, God, I need you. He was doing the saxophone to the Rascal Flat song, which is the fun. Oh, that's why, that's why you that's got saved. That's what it did. That makes He's sense. Like, yeah, I'm in. Blessed broken road. Come on. Then, yeah. Like, as soon as he brought country out, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is my people. Um, <laughs> and, and I got saved. And it was there that I just felt Jesus's like tug on my heart and following him. And it was at youth event or at camps when I felt the call of God to do youth ministry. And it, and it is so crazy to think how not only does this um, affect our students, but how it affects our leaders um, when they go. And that's what I want to talk about right now. Like, why would it as youth pastors and youth leaders, why is it so important? And we talked about it a little bit, but why is it so important for our students and our leaders to go to youth convention and to go to summer camp um, when these opportunities come up? Charlie, I think, well, let's just back up to February of 2020 Mm -hmm. this year. And if we look at our students and even youth pastors have never been more connected than they are with social media, mm-hmm. with, with everything, all things technology. But yet, as co- it's, the most, it's the most interesting paradox. We're the, we're the most connected we've ever been, but the most disconnected relationally. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, and because we're, I mean, look at people that follow, some of, their, some of students' best friends are people they don't even really know, yeah. right? People they follow and, and watch, you know, what, what they're saying, what they're wearing, what sneakers they have on, you know, it's just, it's this whole dynamic. And so back to February, that was, that was needed then this year's youth convention, which mm-hmm. seems like last year, it yeah. was February here this no, year. It feels like seven years ago. It feels ago. like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But, and I think about this year and like Gary talked about quarantine camp was awesome. It was mm-hmm. great. It was, it was a good win for us, but I think students and youth pastors are so hungry 
for that relational connection. And camp does that. Camp does yeah. that. Convention does that. Uh, you know, we always, it sounds very simplistic, but we always talked about, you know, camp is a place to draw close to God and draw close to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it galvanizes groups. There is something, whether you're coming from Santa Maria or Bakersfield or San Diego up to Pinecrest, there's something that happens on the van ride down or up the hill. And, and there's just something that happens on the way back down. You're, you're, you're on this high and the separation from your parents to going up the mountain. There's a lot to that. But I just, I really believe that our students, and that's why Gary and I, we've been talking, Elliot, all of us, how important, like we always say this is the best lineup ever yeah. and it's going to be, and it is, yeah. but I think this is going to be the most pivotal, important youth convention we've ever had April 16th through the 18th of 2021, because it's going to be the longest gap we've ever gone yeah. with students not connecting on a corporate level. Mm-hmm. And some of them haven't even been in their youth groups. They've been outside doing the grid stuff or whatever. But So I just think the need for connection has never been greater than now. And, and to pack 500 students in the chapel at, at Pinecrest We'll maybe never be able to do that again. But hey, if we can, that's that's what draws those students together closer to God. I just feel like it's it's the most pivotal time for that right now. Well, anytime you can pull a student out of their normal day to day life, which is what camp and convention does, you know, instead of just yeah. being home or at school or, or whatever they're normally doing, playing video games all day, when you can pull them out of that yeah. and into a situation like camp, you know, camp's a good uh, one because it's a week long. They're in dorms. They're hanging out with each other. They're staying the night with each other. I mean, it's just a different setting. And even though they still have their phones during that time, anytime you can pull a student out of their norm, there's going to be change that takes place because yeah. there's an openness at that point. They're going to be having church every night, you know, and, yeah. and, and experiencing worship um, with a group of people instead of maybe just whether your youth group's 10 or 20 or 100. It's different when there's 500 in the room or 2,000 in the room um, that just... It, it it begins to change a student's kind of in that moment there, there's something that takes place something that happens well yeah it's because like god honor like it's scriptural you know like and we said I'll, I'll try to say this every year at camp or convention like there's nothing special about the place we're at the the reason the formula works is just because the students and leaders and everyone there is being intentional about taking some time to seek God. And the Bible says, like, constantly, when you seek God, you find God. And so I think that's that's it. Like, it's just sort of like we've created these spaces where they could do it. And, uh, yeah, it's special, too. Like, there's nothing like uh, messing around with... Uh, there's nothing like being at convention and looking out in the room and seeing you know, I, I'm so bad with numbers. Like I'll look at a place and be like, are there 30 people here? And they're like, there's 500. Or I'll be like, are there a thousand people? And they're like, there's only 60. And <laughs> so like, just need but I think that there's thousands, yeah. right? Maybe yeah. thousands yeah. of kids there just worshiping together. And I remember as a kid, what that did for me being that like person who felt only like themselves at um, youth. And that felt so real and like genuine to me. And a lot of my friends who went to youth were kind of more in that zone of like they came, but they acted different at school. It was cool to see past La Palma and mm. see other cities and places that I'd never been to represented. And I'm like, OK, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. There's people doing this. Uh, they're proud of it. Like we're worshiping God unashamed. Like, you yeah. know, like at your own youth group, you could be maybe the only kid that lifts their hands and you feel weird about it. But then you go to convention and now you you're the weird one for not lifting your hand, you know, like there's just something so special about that. And, uh, yeah, I mean like, why do we do it Two people here 
in this podcast who are a part of the planning of all this got saved at these events. You know, I, I, me and Gary, our lives were affected by it as well. Um, that might not be where we got saved, but we definitely responded to altar calls there <laughs> to get saved. <laughs> we got saved like the third and fourth time there. But okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just there's there's something so necessary about it. And in 2020, me and Gary were talking about this earlier. Uh, I think we've seen how essential the church gathering together in person is. It's nice that we can do things online like quarantine youth when we need to. And it's, it's great, but there's something about being together that is even scriptural, like that, that we are supposed to be doing is gathering corporately and being together, being united. And, uh, yeah, I, I missed like my heart hurt not going to Pinecrest this year. And it was cool to be able to do something online and the amount of people that got to see what we did. Like there's so many, you know, ripples that I think we're going to see later on that came from what we've done. But I got to admit, like I miss having diarrhea from the eggs at Pinecrest (laughs) or like, you know, like I I I miss that stuff. And that's the cool part too, is like seeing other going to the camp side of things, like seeing people this year when we did the quarantine summer camp and did it all on YouTube, um, seeing the different youth groups that got together in person, um, and hearing their stories yeah. and like how just the fact of them and it's going to what you were saying, Elliot, it's just the fact of them getting together, even if it's just their own youth group, watching it on a TV, there was something about being together that really impacted their lives from all the different speakers into the worship. Um, it was, it was truly beautiful to see that. And I think I just want to add on what you were saying, Elliot, and maybe we can all just kind of chime in on this. Cause for me, when I came to know who Jesus was at youth convention, I didn't worship in our youth group back in the day. I didn't like stand up and do everything that everyone else was doing. Like it was awkward to me. And so coming into convention back when it was right after Thanksgiving, um, we were in the room, thousands of kids are in there worshiping together. And like you said, Ellie, I was like, I feel awkward now. Like I'm not the one doing it. And I, and the reason why I'm saying this is because it is so important for me personally, in my mind, it's so important to truly push those kids that normally don't always show up to our youth groups that maybe they've been a few different times and we sponsor them to come to summer camp or that we sponsor them to come to youth convention because those moments where they are surrounded by Jesus and surrounded by students, their age, worshiping Jesus and seeing how important and how um, impactful it can be in their lives is to me, the most vital thing we can do as youth pastors, because I think a lot of times we can get in our heads, at least I know I have, and I'm guilty of it, where I'm like, summer camp's coming, youth convention's coming, I want to get my normal kids to go because I know they're going to enjoy it, I know they're going to have a good time, but it's those students that normally don't come to youth group or only show up every once in a while that will benefit from this the most. A student will go to camp or convention, just a casual attender of your youth group, and leave a part of the family that's like right. that to me is the biggest especially takeaway from convention i feel like that's what convention does consistently for me that camp might not camp is different camp like and that's the thing camp and convention and the socal network has always done a good job of this they're not the same versions of each other yeah. and they've never tried to be they do things that are similar we talked about last week like vision in the church and you know like all that type of stuff 
uh, and some things are basically the same, your foundation mm-hmm. is going to be the same. And camp and convention obviously have similar goals, like getting kids saved, getting kids connected. But the way they do that and the product they offer are so unique and special. And even I feel like as a youth pastor, what they do for me um, and my group are different. And co- convention specifically is the one where I will be like, let me get that kid on the fringes. Let me pay for them to come. Let me sponsor them to get yeah. there. Let me do whatever I can to, to bring them. Because camp is where, you know, we're making friends with groups outside, you know, like all of that stuff. But convention is a little more intimate. Like we're, you know, in a city. It's more of edge youth. It's our group or whatever your group is getting to connect deeper together. Um and that's what I've seen happen constantly is there's that kid who I don't even know their name sometimes and they came to convention and I'm meeting them when they're getting on the bus and I'm like, who are you? Are you with us? Like, and they're like, yeah, I'm so-and-so's cousin or I'm their friend. They told me they paid for me to come and I'm like, okay, cool. And then they're leaving and they're a part of our family. They're a part of, you know, what we do. And I mean that you can't put a price on that. Well, I guess you can. It's probably around like two fifty. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> It's so, so valuable to you as a youth pastor because that's something that takes years to create. But how much, what's the breakdown, Gary? I think we've talked about this, but like camp and convention, the way they work out, especially camp, the week of camp equals almost like a year of being a youth pastor because you have what, a couple hours with them technically on a Wednesday night or Tuesday or Thursday night. Um, And obviously we know it's more than that with games, but let's just say it's your youth night, right? It's from 6.30 to 8.30, right? That's the time you have with these kids. Camp is five full days, 24 hours each day with these kids. So Yeah, it's eating meals with them. It's connecting with them. It's having um, response time with them, being up there, praying with them, crying with them, walking them through some things that they're dealing with. I mean, camp's just different. You get a kid out of there, again, just get them out of the normal stuff. And there's walls that break down and, and things that take place. And God, I mean, and again, we could say camp's not magic. It's not, you know, it doesn't make you closer to heaven or anything like that. But what happens is you put yourself in a situation where um, walls just fall a little bit easier. You're, you're spending yeah. time in worship. You're spending more time in, in, you know, hearing a message that you've probably heard before from your youth pastor, but it's just mm-hmm. different when you hear it at camp, you yeah. know? Something else happened too, Charlie. I did a funeral for a student about probably about seven years ago. He had overdosed. Not trying to be a downer. Sorry, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> and you know, and, and it's the first time I had seen a lot of our former students in one in yeah. one room. Yeah. And after the service was over, a bunch of people were hanging out, and then a few of us. I took a few of the students out to dinner that night, and we were just talking. You know, kind of reminiscing the past, living up the you know the glory days or whatever. And and in the course of the conversation. I don't think I'm a great communicator, but not one thing came up about a message I ever spoke on Wednesdays. Mm, yeah. Nothing came up about that. It was all about a moment mm. that happened at camp or something that happened at convention, even if it was something trivial. Like we had a kid one time, like do Elf in the Elevator at the Marriott <laughs> on a Thanksgiving weekend, light up, think it's stuck, and they had to call it a, a weekend holiday tech to come out and let him out. People, that's all they were talking about for, for over an hour, yeah. two hours, just talking about those moments. So that's that's what they remember hindsight about their experience in youth ministry, the camp and convention. Yeah. It's not, oh, Jay, it was a great message you spoke. Remember that one was, they, they don't remember a thing. Yeah. They remember the relationships and everything that happened at those at those events, camp and convention. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, and that's exactly like what happened with me when it came to being saved at youth convention. Like, I don't remember the message. Yeah. I remember him with a saxophone, yeah. but I just remember the, the moment afterwards and how I felt, but then how 
my friends in that moment, the students that I was with, came together with me and were there for me in those in that time. And it's just those different moments that happens at youth convention, like no other, like staying up till midnight, jumping on the beds with a bunch of different junior high kids, like and it smells awful yeah. in the room. Dude, there's certain rooms like at camp and convention that I, you know, like a leader's in. And I won't go in there. Like I'll walk in, and, like no, it like it like punches you in the face. Like yeah. you can see the aroma. Yeah. Like it's so bad. We've started to pack, like like give a little care package with deodorant Axe. in it. Yeah, yeah, like you need this. That's that's a genius idea right there. Thank you. It is practical that. tips. Charlie, there, there's another piece of this too that Gary yeah. and I've always been fighting for is the camaraderie that happens at these events with mm-hmm. youth pastors. Oh yeah, there, there's something tremendous that happens with students. And convention is kind of hard because it's a whirlwind weekend and we're trying to, we're going from here to there and we have free time at Horton Plaza or Fashion Valley Mall. But, but Gary can attest this, something that happens at camp when we're either on night watch together or doing security or, or feeding the bears cherry pies back in the day when they used to come out at night. And you kind of, as a new youth pastor coming in, looking at Gary as the rock star, him and Ed and all these other guys, when they let you in their circle and you're like, hey man, I'm, I'm in the crowd now and, and I've been accepted in this you know, fraternity of youth pastors and the moments we had at camp that some of my greatest friendships, Gary, are our youth, are, are youth pastors that we grew up with, that we were, and even students that became youth. You know, I'm friends with other pastors in our network mm-hmm. and they're cool. But we know each other through network events, but being in the trench, in the trenches, Come like on. That, <laughs> there's the plug. Yeah. Being in the trenches like that with, with guys like Gary, it's kept our friendship solved for 20 years because we, we share those moments. And we remember when something happened at camp or something yeah. happened at convention. So it is, there, there's significance both for your group and for your even personal mental health and well-being. Yeah. Having someone I could pick up the phone and go, Elliot, I'm struggling, dude. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because we had a connection at, at, at camp. So I want to, man, I just, I need to reach out, bro. Is that cool? Yeah. You know? It's so true. Like I get excited for camp like I always used to, but for different reasons. Like obviously for all the things that are going to happen to our group and for our students, but just for me personally, I'm like, oh, I get to see, like we did, uh, youth pastors listen to this. I know people who aren't youth pastors do as well, but this is for youth pastors. We did uh, the um, refresher weekend. Um, When was that? September? September, Yeah, yeah. September. Uh, And I seriously was like a kid, ready for camp and just the days leading up to it because i was like oh christian's gonna be there oh so <laughs> like people who i don't get to see all the time uh i was just, i'm excited i was like so excited to just get to spend a few days uh dave from victorville i'm gonna get to hang out talk with, like i was just like i just couldn't wait and anything that we do youth pastor wise that's how i feel about it. i was telling gary i feel like the socal um like especially gary tony and matt you guys have done a great job of really cultivating this relationship that's genuine because um, I even when I became a youth pastor six years ago there was youth pastors I liked but there was it was very disconnected and there was groups almost that felt like it just didn't feel as like so communal and like this camaraderie and like everybody had each other's backs and we all are excited to see each other and uh, yeah to where like if I hear about something happening like a youth pastor training or a youth pastor party it used to kind of sometimes have this like almost like work thing, you know, like, Oh, I got to go to this work thing. Like here's one more thing to add to my calendar. Now I'm like, I can't wait for the Christmas party. I can't wait, you know, like whatever that might be. I can't wait for it. Cause I need it. Like, these are my friends. These is, this is my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel the exact same way when it comes to that. Um, 
I mean, we talked about why it's so important to go to youth conventions. Why it is so important. He's a great youth why pastor. It is so important. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, but why it is so important to go to convention and go to camp with our students. Um, but I, I want to kind of switch this in. It's not in the notes, but I feel like as youth pastors and youth leaders, it, we can see the price tag for youth convention or we can see the price tag for camp and start thinking, like, I, I, I can't do this. Like th- this might be too much money. But I, at the end of the day, it's like there's so many different ways and avenues that we can as youth pastors and youth groups fundraise and sponsor different students. And so I just want to throw that out there right now. Like what are some different ways that you guys as youth pastors or just different um, tactics you guys have used to um, help get students to youth convention? I know it's a, it's a random, it wasn't in the notes at all, but I feel like that can be so important for those youth pastors that are out there that are thinking these type of thoughts. No, it's good. Yeah, we've done everything from fundraisers. So, like, uh, we use uh, we usually do like a variety show every year, and we raise money that way. Um, you know, we get sponsors um, from people in the church, especially people that are kind of empty nesters that just encourage them. You know, you don't have kids right now, sponsor a kid to go to camp um, any way we possibly can. We make it possible for kids to do payment plans mm-hmm. if that makes it easier. Um, really whatever it takes. We've never had a kid not go to camp because of money. You know, the church has always stepped up and we'll, we'll, we'll fill any need if we need, you know, we got to go that direction. But I would just say to any youth pastor, like part of what we signed up for is fundraising. That's just the nature of the beast. And, um, you know, you could, you could do it cheaper. You could do it on your own, but it will not be the same. No. And it's it's true. Like if you do it on your own, that's a whole another realm of cost, and you're missing out on like work smarter, not harder. You know, and uh, so I think, especially for camp and convention, the SoCal has created something. SoCal Network has created something so great, a product that is so worth being a part of. And I don't just say that because I'm a part of the teams. Like I, if I wasn't a part of any team, I'd still go to this just because it just makes so much sense. It's there. It exists. It's ready for you. Um, and you get to take all the wins for such a the and the prices are like not even comparable. You look at Hume Lake. Oh my goodness, it's bro! Like that's let's bash on yeah. Hume Lake for this podcast real quick. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're, I mean, but look at what they have. They have yeah. a lake and a, a you know blob. we have like a scummy we have pond. A lake. But no, I wouldn't go in that. You'll get superpowers. <laughs> but uh, like, but you're paying for all of that yeah. stuff, and it's like four or five hundred dollars to go. Um, and so we. That's what I appreciate about you guys and the team is you do everything with students in mind. There's speakers we've tried to get who their cost is ridiculous. And there's artists that we tried to get and their cost is ridiculous. And we always remember and we try to tell them, hey, you know that this cost is going on a 13 year old or a 15 year old or, you know, so, like some kid from this place in, in a city. His parents aren't Christians. They're not, you know, like we're trying to do everything we can to make it as affordable not make money you know like do what we can to just get people there um and if you just do a little bit of planning right i think fundraising works differently for what your context is some Mm -hmm. do in the classic things still work you might not make a for us i will not do 
uh, the car wash because I just hate it. It's just <laughs> something I grew up doing as a kid, and I just hate it. They don't and make so money either. Really. They, they don't make that much money. But maybe for your group, you're like, you know what? It actually works really well, and our our community loves it, and the people come, and we always get some big donations. But right? every group, every group is different. You do the pie like, sales uh, in in Hanover. Yeah. They do these delicious Hanford. Han- <laughs> I don't know where Hanover. <laughs> Hanford. Han- hand over the pies <laughs> in Hanford, and uh, they. I don't care, bro. I don't know cities. I remember the first year you had me helping at camp. You made me announce like the teams and their colors. And there was a group from Ojai. And first of all, if you know the city of Ojai, they spell it so weird. There's a J. Yeah. And I called it Ojaya. And then everyone's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You live in Ojai. Why are you calling your city with a J in it? Anyways, uh, like they do pie sales. We do. We stole your variety show idea, and we but you do guys that for do. Uh, you guys do a fireworks stand. We do a mm-hmm. fireworks stand. A fireworks stand's a huge. If you could get a fireworks stand in your city, uh, look into it. Whether it's, it's worth, legal or illegal, just just yeah, start just do selling yeah, start fireworks selling. outside the back of your car. No, <laughs> like uh, seriously, figure out what you could do. Matt, the person to talk to about fundraising practically is Matt Dudley. Message him, or because when he was a youth pastor, I remember listening to him at like a a lab or something and he was talking about this specifically he had it figured out really well like he would uh write letters to different businesses in his city because they have to give some like to get mm. taxes tax write-offs and stuff businesses have to give and so they're looking for causes to give to and so he worded it in such a way that it's like you're helping less fortunate children go mm-hmm. to a you know whatever and they're like okay we'll give you fifteen hundred dollars for that for kids to go we'll give you ten thousand you know whatever like we'll give you this for your kids to go to camp and any little thing helps getting your congregation involved uh and two like not to over spiritualize it but we believe that god is jehovah jireh like the god that provides and so that's why i confidently say sign up for camp if Mm -hmm. your excuse is money sign up for camp because god will make a way there's no doubt in my mind we'll figure out how you're going to go if if that is why you're not signing up sign up for camp sign up for convention because we'll make it happen in on a year like like this year going into i mean we're going to do convention in april and then camp in july it can be as a youth pastor you're like that's too close i got to choose one or the other but especially on a year like this year you can't afford to not do both yeah. like and all it takes is just a little intentionality of saying like i'm not going to collect money in april for convention mm-hmm. i'm going to make it as if we we're doing convention in march and february so i'm going to start getting the money then so that by the time convention comes the kids are already all paid for yeah and then now we go into camp and it's a different type of funder you know because i get it 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 feels like a burden but that's just procrastination just be a good planner and regard i know that it's easy as a full-time youth pastor to say that but even if you're part-time or even just volunteer you can make it happen yeah if you just do a little bit of organization i know for us we have our convention money to do like the uh like March 3rd or 4th. Mm. So we're done. Like conventions done at that point. We've had the money turned in. We have everything done. So when we start doing, you know, camp money due in June, yeah. it doesn't seem so close. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, it, it, you got to get to both. It's worth going. It takes work, you know, and that's where I, we, I encourage youth pastors like, 
you know, yeah, this is part of it. You've got to step up and, and do whatever it takes to get students there. And the other thing is too, even if you bring your whole entire that, youth group yeah. or you bring three kids, exactly yeah. you know, gonna it's, it's going to have an impact on those three kids' lives and then, and it's worth getting them there. Mm-hmm. Take, exactly. I was going to add that in. Take somebody. Because yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we're like, oh, I want to be the group that has the most. Like I used to want that so much. And now I'm like, sometimes I'm like so glad when not a lot of kids sign up in a way. <laughs> like as a youth, fa- like I want as many kids that can go. But there's that part of me that is like, logistically speaking, taking a lot of kids is a nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. and you need leaders and it's all worth it. But then when I'm like, oh, only five kids want to go to this, it's going to be really easy to get them around and keep track of them, you know, like, and so you do whatever your context is. Yeah. It, take, give that opportunity for three kids to come to convention, have their life change and then come back. They're going to be the best advertisers for that event, yeah. especially if you don't usually go to these things. That's what I've heard so much is like, well, our kids just, they're not into, well, bring some. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, I'm going to pick five core influential kids in our youth group and I'm maybe you even pay for it. You get your pastor to, you know, sponsor them, whatever you got to do, bring them. I promise you they'll be the best advertisement for your group because once I couldn't not go to convention at this point, my kids would kill me if they saw a convention happen and I didn't take them. Mm-hmm. They would be so offended and hurt that we missed out on that. Or if we didn't go to camp, I don't want to know what would happen because they are the best advertisement for those events. Yeah. Yeah. You're also the host, so that wouldn't Yeah, they'd be like, why good. were you there without <laughs> us? <laughs> um, yeah, that would uh, that'd be um, a little different. But I think one thing when it comes to promoting youth convention and camps, and you said it right now and it just made me think of it, is the, the testimonies yeah. that come from it yeah. and allowing our students, the peers that they are with, the friends, to be able to share those testimonies and share those moments in service. And they get to call out maybe even certain leaders that they were with and the, the weird nicknames they gave each other and just those moments. And those students that are in our youth groups that are sitting there that are listening to these testimonies, they're sitting there thinking to themselves, even if they think they're cool or whatnot, they're like, I want to be a part of that. Have them do it in big church too. You yes. want to get you want to get people from your church to donate yeah. to those events. Bring that kid back and let them tell what happened. And the, I mean, they're gonna they'll write the biggest check you need to get that kid there next year. Yeah. No. It, exactly. Um, before we wrap this up, is there can we share like what's happening at youth convention this year and like the details, or is that still under wrap? I don't know. Can we? I think we can. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. you want to let us know so, what's happening? We've been talking about this for for a while. I'll have Gary talk about what we're calling the British invasion. Uh, so, the British invasion. <laughs> yes. So Gary, why don't you talk about our first two? So yeah, speakers. we're excited to to have uh, someone. You know, if you've been to our camps and conventions, you know one of these people. But there's a great church in Manchester, England called Audacious Church, and it actually started. Audacious was a youth. Um, it was a youth convention that they did over in the UK, and um, it slowly birthed into like a, a, a church. And um, and so the the pastor who started it all uh, is a guy named Glenn Barrett, and he's a was in youth ministry for years and years, and he's he's basically just hired all the other youth pastors to kind of come on staff and be a part of what he's doing now. And so we're excited to have from audacious church um pastor glenn barrett as uh, one of our speakers and with him comes his other staff member which you guys will all know um paul uh, paul reed is coming yeah, back and sweet. so he'll be with us too so those are two of our speakers and then i'll let tony tell you the other one because man it's uh it's he's already he's already been part of the he's podcast already been part of the podcast yeah so our 
our speaker, hopefully for Saturday night, is a guy named Reggie Debs, <laughs> who actually plays the sax. Yeah. Bring your kids looking safe. Yeah, I think that I believe I could fly one year. That's too, how so. Charlie got saved. Dude, I remember, Reggie. bro, he told the, the story about the fish. Like, it was just fa- like it. fish <laughs> that had the coin in its mouth. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone was bawling their eyes out. I was one of them. A fish. That's what you got saved. That's from, the one I got saved on. Uh, I got saved from a fishing story. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, but we're excited to have Red. I think He's, Reggie hasn't spoken in probably ten years. Yeah, bro, at it's least. probably been at since least. that since when that he got probably. saved. Reggie's Holy the man. Cow. I love yeah. Reggie. We actually have Paul here to promo a convention. Paul, what do you think about being at our convention? I'm so excited for it, mate. It's gonna be it's gonna be the best thing I've ever had happen, and I just can't wait uh, to see all of our kids there. Yeah, mate, it's gonna be great. Dude, you know, you want to know a fun fact about this podcast? There's about 20 different people from the UK that listen to it. <laughs> like, Hello, we yeah. love all you. <laughs> Crikey, mate. That's Australia. Why don't you throw another shrimp on the barbie? <laughs> but we're excited to be back here at the town and country. And I mean, as of right now, everything's go for convention and we're planning, we're working on it. That's all one right. of the reasons we're doing uh, we're, the podcast down here is because we're meeting afterwards. But we're excited. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know number wise how many we're going to be able to get in the room at the time. But we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. And we've got a great lineup. We're still working on worship and some other things. But um, I, I believe it's a vital year for every youth pastor to be here and get their students here for convention yeah. this year. Yeah. And let's just talk about the property, too. I know we kind of yeah. hit on a little bit. I mean, it is, if you were here last year, or this year, excuse me, if you're here for this, this year's convention, it, it is night and day mm-hmm. in, the, in the open space. There is a huge it, new it's pool. All done. It's yeah, all done. The, all it's the, all finished. All of the construction they were doing is done, and it's done well. Uh, the bridge over to the mall is finished. So, what, like, literally, this is, I'm just dreaming about conventions to come, and I hope yeah. we can, can just continue the relationship we have here because it's so nice being on property like as a youth pastor that's such a weight off my shoulders not having to worry about busing people getting people around everything we need is close by there's even food options here at the hotel that you could eat um and then there's the mall with all the food options they have over there the food court that is walkable you don't have to drive to it the convention center is on property like it just it's a youth pastor's dream, mm-hmm. this place. Yeah. And there's so much outdoor activities. They have, like even last night, I don't, there wasn't even, I don't know if there was a convention happening or not, but there's just some guys outside playing cornhole, how to show them what's up. Uh, but they just have games, they have music. It's just, it's so cool. I love yeah. the, the vibe at this hotel. And I think it's perfect for what we're building with convention. Yeah. The outdoor party, we were already, me and Gary were just like, we're just walking around just dreaming about what's, coming up well, could be we just knocked yeah. on some doors and gave them pizza we don't even know who they were it was just out of habit they were like excuse me sir go away and we're like you won open your door we're excited though it's uh like i said tony and the team and and we're all planning working hard to make it happen and so you know plan for it plan on being at convention plan on being at camp it looks different this year you're gonna have to kind of plan financially how you do it and that's why we're kind of giving you some hints and some help but um if there's anything else we can do to help youth pastors get there yeah answer questions please contact us let us know if you need uh like gary and i we were doing this before we will do it again uh we'll come to your youth group and we'll promo youth convention like uh if you want we don't have to do that but we're happy to do that to come to your youth group and tell your kids to sign up 
or else. But uh, and we're gonna get exact costs here in the next in the next month or so. Okay, so sweet. as Gary said, you want to start promoing it if, if not this month because youth groups will take hiatus probably. So first thing of January. But the hotel costs are going up, but we're keeping the registration static. We feel like that's important to keep the entry level price. I believe seventy nine. Don't quote me on it, but that's kind of the entry level price. So we we don't want to raise that just to be an added burden on, on youth pastors getting students here. So yeah, yeah. you're no. good. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Just driving, even driving up this morning to come to the hotel. I was like, this is so different. This doesn't even look like the same hotel. Yeah. Like it, there's no dirt. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it looks beautiful right are you, now. Are you still going to come though? Cause I know you love like dirt and yeah, like I can't bring my cowboy. Yeah. We're going to hit your horse at when you come to convention, bro. Did you just say hit my horse? Hitch. Uh, he's their cowboy. And you said I heard hit. I was like, well, watch it there. Um, I, don't hit, I don't hit my horse. <laughs> yeah, I only hit. Never mind. <laughs> Maybe Paul Reed should close us out. Ah, oh, love you guys, mate. It's been so great being with you here. I wish I could have got more time to talk about the things going on over in uh, Great Britain, but you know, it is what it is. Well, thanks, Paul Reed. Well, Tony, thank you so much for being on the podcast thank today. Thank you, Charlie, for having me, man. Gary, thanks for being here. Yep. Elliot? Of course. This was episode seven. Of what about me? <laughs> Paul? Hey, anytime. <laughs> this was episode seven of In the Trenches. Youth Convention is right around the corner, and we cannot wait to see you there. See ya.